may be seated. We'll turn these lights on a little bit more. In Acts 27, we, saw, we find Paul and a group, prisoners, and thrusted into this ship. Remember the story? And they were going to take off and go in a certain direction. And Paul stands up and gives them a warning. Just a prisoner, stands up, and he says, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. I remember preaching a message two, three years ago and uh, telling us that I believe that that's what's happening to our nation. The ability to steer the ship is not in our hands. We don't make the calls in our White House and Senate and all that various uh, governmental stuff. We can do our very best. The very best we can do is vote. So Paul stands up and he says, look, I'm telling you, fellas, we're heading in the wrong direction. And we could see our nation doing that um, years and years ago. I still remember and was really upset when I heard one of our presidents say openly and on all the airways, America's no longer a Christian nation. And it burned me. But he was right. He is. He was right. The Lord always warns His people through the Word. Always, throughout. You can see it. He sent the prophets. He had Paul stand up. He sends pastors like myself and others telling us, man, you're heading in the wrong direction. You need to turn around. We have tried many times to warn our country. Even our little spots. Uh, uh, I, I have voted against abortion every time against godless leaders every time. But no one listened. Just like this, in verse 11, Acts 27, the captain says, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. He believed the world's prediction more than the Word of God, more than the man of God that stood up, had the touch of God on him, the anointing of God, so I'm telling you, we're going in the wrong direction. He thrust him back down and said, we're doing what we want to do. And you and I are on that ship, and it's called the USS America. Just the way it is, it's where we are. Now, then comes the warning of God. Proverbs 23.10 says this, God says, don't you remove the landmarks. Don't you remove the old landmarks on how God has told us to set up government, families, marriage, everything. He's told us all through the Word of God, and He tells us, don't you move them. And then He goes on and says, and don't you enter into the fields of the fatherless. Don't you start messing with my children, God says. You can see it. You can read it in a word. Proverbs 23, but our nation showed no regard for God's laws, none whatsoever. They entered into the fields of the fatherless, and we have aborted millions, millions upon millions of blood has been shed, and now they're even going into our schools after our children. 
We have crossed the line. The name of the message this morning is America has crossed the line. We have. Now listen, give me your good ear. So now look what happens. Psalms 12.5, New Living. Translation says this. You don't think the Lord sees this stuff? You don't think the Lord is active in things today? The Lord replies, I have seen violence done to the helpless. And I have heard the groans of the poor. Now I will rise up, God said. That's what he said. And that's what he's doing. God has stood up and said, you know what, enough. So the judgment of God is now falling upon our nation. And you can be an ostrich and stick your head in the sand and pretend it's not. Or you can stick your fingers in the ears and say, I don't want to hear this, I don't want to hear this, I don't want to hear this. You can. <clears throat> but how did the church react in that day? How did they respond? To what was being done and said. Did they hide in fear and in their caves and, and dwell in there and hope it just pass over? Or did they say, good, you know, I'm glad that's happening to them. They deserve it. Neither one of those responses are right. So what did they do? In the time of Moses, number 1646, and Moses said unto Aaron, take a censer. And put fire therein from off the altar and put on incense. Incense is always a type of the prayers of the saints. Always. Always. Get fire. Get a censer. And get the people praying. Get them seeking God, crying out. Moses said unto Aaron, take a censer. Put fire then from off the altar and put on incense. Listen, and go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them. Quickly, hurry, get the people praying. Listen, for there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. At this point, I think 14,000 people died. You can look it up, it's all in the Word. Don't miss this point. Don't miss this point. And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran. Didn't mosey along? I'll get to it if I can. I can make every other. He put fire therein and he ran. He ran into the midst of the congregation. You have to feel this urgency. Aaron, run, run. The plague has begun. People are dying. Judgment of God is falling. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. Man, isn't it obvious the decline of our society is overwhelming? Overwhelming. The values and morals of our nation are gone, totally gone. People mock and make jokes and memes, I guess it is, about how they dress in Walmart, but it is sad. Saints of Jesus Christ, the plague has started. It has started. And God's telling Aaron, run, run, run to the prayer meeting. Run and cry out to God that it'll stop. Run! Is what he's telling the people of God, you and I. Not only that, and he says, and he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. Run, he says. Run and make an atonement. Hurry, quick! And that atonement means to cover. Go! Hurry, cover, cover the people in prayer, run. You and I are to become covering for our fallen nation. You and I are supposed to be a covering for lost family members and friends. People that used to seek God with us, run. Run. 
become that covering. That's what you should be doing. And the word of God tells us to take up the shield of faith. Listen to these words. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows that are coming down upon your friends, family members, children. Run! exactly what God is telling us to do. You and I are to be a covering for the people that do not know the things of God. A covering. As I picked the exact, you are to do this for your nation, for your neighbors, for those who don't know Christ, for those who are messed up. Their marriages are being ruined. Their lives are being more drugs and drink and all kind of debauchery. God says, run! Run and be a covering for them. You do it. It's your purpose. The world doesn't know this. Our government doesn't know this. I don't care who you elect. They're not going to do this. Listen to me. You and I are all that's left. You and I. That's it. We're the last line of defense. If we fall, kiss off our country and families and children and children and children after us. They're all going to be sucked into the cesspool that is starting to swirl in our nation. That's why God says, get fire, put incense, and run. That's what you and I are supposed to be doing. This is your purpose. This is the reason why you know you're saved and in your right mind at this time and age here. God is saying, run. Get your shield. Start protecting people. When you pray, you don't understand how powerful it is. When you start seeking God and you start standing against the enemy, all those that are between the living and the dead, all those, they don't have a clue what they're doing. I know that. You still must cover them. The 48 says, and he stood between the dead and the living. That's where you belong. That's where God's looking for you to be. That's where you should live, between the dead and the living, those who have no clue and those who do. And you're supposed to be in the middle of them. This is where every member of this church should be standing. This is your purpose and your reason. Drive your truck, make your money, be the bank teller, teach the kids at school, but this is your purpose. It is. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Covering, make an atonement, hurry up. That's what God told them. God's causing the judgment. God's also giving them the answer. God said this in Psalms 106.23, Listen, it's an example. Therefore, he said that he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach. Had not Moses became a covering for the people, God says, I will waste them. And Moses stood in and said, oh, Lord God. And covered them with prayer. And God backed off from his anger. What could happen now? Don't throw America away. Listen. Therefore he said that he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Moses, his uh, chosen, is his servant. Does not the word of God tell you and I that? Choose not? That's good. I don't need it. It's, it's awesome, but I just can't make it. I can't do both. 
<laughs> at the same time. I gave Jason Revenal two hours to make it, and he did it. And it's awesome, isn't it? It just is. I got more for you if I bring it out. Please listen, though. John 15, 16 says, you and I, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. I have appointed you. There is a sword and a shield for you, God says. I've appointed you. I have chosen you. Just like his chosen servant Moses stood before them and held off the wicked, held off all that death and stench. God says, I am now choosing more and ordained you. means I've appointed you for this. This is why you're here. This is why you're alive. This is why you're breathing. To stand in the breach as a warrior covers with his body the broken parts of the wall, taking shots so that others can run and escape. Run! There seems to be an instinct in us when crazy things happen. Maybe not all of us, but a lot of us will run to the action. Had the Lord working on me last night to do some different things with this word. When I was finally done, I put on a documentary about a volcano, a live active volcano, that they let people walk right up to the brim, right up to it. In New Zealand. And they did this documentary, even had actual film because people had their cameras and they're up. There's a group up at the brim, there's a group halfway walking up, and there's a group in the water getting off the boats, and the uh, volcano blows. Kills 22 of them. So much ash and smoke so dark, you said you couldn't see. You saw the cameras, the videos of the iPhones just go black. And people screaming and anguish and yelling. And people running, 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 screaming to get off. Getting in the boats, taking off. And then you see one of the boats going, we got to go back. And they went back to the very thing they were running from. How much more the church? Us. Mentioned to Pastor Jason the other month or two or year, whenever it was. <clears throat> COVID wasn't unreal. It was real. But if it was truly a plague where there are millions dying, which they said would happen in our country, should we close the church or should we be walking over the deceased to get to the lives to cover those? To cover them and drag them back into the goodness of God. That's your purpose. That's what you're supposed to be doing with your time. Wherever you're working is just God's blessing to give you money to sustain your family while you raise them to love Him and for more to do the purpose of God. Not the purpose of the world. Jesus hanging on the cross What's he say about those that crucified him, killed him, stuck a spear in him, spit on him, beat him, punched him, threw him to the ground, kicked dirt in his face? What's he say about them? He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Our country doesn't know what it's doing. They're lost. They're not just bad people. They're dead people. They're dead. And someone has to run and grab the censor. And put incense on it and light it with fire and cover. Run into the country. Run into the congregation. To cry out to God, oh God, please stay thy plague, Lord. We're all that's left to stop the judgment in our nation. You and I. Men, women, children, teens. We're all that's left. 
There isn't anybody that's going to do it. Just isn't. We're beyond that. Our nation is beyond that. Our nation is a head-on collision path with Almighty God. And you know who wins that. We're all that's left. You and me. That's it. Standing with our shield of faith. Trusting God. Live or die, God. As we stand between the living and the dead. That's where you belong. Exodus 22, 29 says, The people of the land have used oppression, and ours have, and exercised robbery, and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And God says, you know what? When that goes on, you know what I do? God says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me. Listen, for the land. You love this country? God says, then get your shield of faith. Stand in the gap for the land. For the people. All the unknown faces that don't know what they're doing. Dead in their sins. You have to see how important you are. You must see how important you are. We have to see this and so we will change our schedules and attitudes of of what we need to be doing for God. When and how often. No wonder God told Moses to tell Aaron, run, run. Multitudes have been taken captive, haven't they not? Multitudes. Many are ensnared by the lies of the enemy. Satan lies to us all the time. Even in your own head, you've got to deal with him. Amen? We're standing in the gap for those who can't. Don't know any better. You look at him and say, don't go that way. Don't put your trust in that. Don't that, let that consume all your time. Run. God tells us in Matthew 11, one of my favorite scriptures, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. That word suffer and violence refers to the intensity of spiritual warfare surrounding the ministry. We got all kinds of things going on. In here. I think I were visiting five or six people who ended up in the hospital this week. Might have five or six a, a year or six months, not in a week. So God tells us, the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And you've got to get violent in prayer. You understand what that means, right? It's no more, now I lay me down to sleep. Or our Father who art in heaven. I'm talking about getting a hold of God. God says, get fire! And put the incense in. And run! The urgency of the hour. The fervency of the call. The command of God. And if you don't, multitudes will die. Because we're all that's left. We're it. We're it. The intensity is starting to happen. I've seen glimmers of it, glimpses of it on Wednesday. The fervency, the fire, the wind of the Spirit of God. Starting to blow on souls. I've seen it. Just starting. It's rising. The intensity. We must contend for the faith. We must keep proclaiming the uncompromising word of God in a crooked and perverse generation. 
which is what we're in, and you're trying to raise your kids in it. Now here's our mission. <clears throat> I don't think you can deny the state of our nation and our country and the direction. I don't care who's in the White House. The hand of the Lord was on me. Ezekiel says this. And brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the midst of a valley. It was full of bones. What a mess we're in. What a mess our situation are, and our lives and our country and our church. So God says, I'm going to put the Spirit of God on you and on this church, and I want you to see it. I want you to look at it, open your eyes, take your head out of the sand. Verse 2 says, he led me back and forth among them, and I saw great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. God says, keep looking, come this way, look this way, go south, look that way, go north, go west, go east, look all around you. Dry, unburied, unkept, scattered about bones. This is this church's mission, listen. The people that represented by these bones were not only dead, they were also lying there disgraced. They were. In Eastern times, and I would say probably now, if you had bones of humans not buried, not having a memorial, unburied, bleached bones on top, it was a disgrace. In the biblical Eastern times, so there we have a shocking disgrace of the dead. Almost the current state of the church. Not a whole lot of life. Disgrace to the holiness of God. We shouldn't be in this situation. But we are. We find ourselves in it. And this is what we have to do now. Verse 3. God asks us, New Hope Church, Son of Man, can these bones live? Can the church live after everything you've seen and done and the splits and the bickering and the moaning and the lying, this doctrine, that doctrine, can it live? Wise answer by Ezekiel, he says, oh God, only you know, only you know. There isn't a man, there isn't an evangelist, there's not a song, there's not a move, there's not a revivalist that's going to do something. It's only going to be the hand of God. That's it. It's only going to be the hand of God. Look at them. So the Lord tells us what to do. And on Wednesday night, we're doing it. We are. We're doing it by faith. Verse 4, the Lord tells us, when you gather on Wednesday he said to me, you prophesy to those bones and you say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You take those people that have been dead in Christ for a long time. You cry out. You cover. You run. Run to the altar and cry out for God. That is what the Lord is telling you to do. Telling us to do. God commanded him to prophesy to the dry, dead bones. Now think of that, that was you. I mean, as an outward observation, you might be thinking, this is really silly, I feel like a fool. But you are called to do this by faith as we try to pray and get a hold of God and trust God, even though we don't see any movement of the bones, much dust and dirt and nothing, dryness. God says, prophesy, pray. That's your job. That's your purpose. That's your mission. Pray over the church. <clears throat> Haggai tells us, used this verse many times, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? Who is left? None of us. None of us have seen the God of the church 
Highly spit-shined, marching in full glory, the power of God and the majesty and the call of God. Who's seen that? None of us. Who's left among you that saw this house in her first glory? How do you see it now? No wonder our young people are being pulled away or lured away by flowerish doctrines. Because this is what they see. <clears throat> Goes on and says, Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Nothing what we're supposed to be. Man, when we start assembling to pray, the enemy, the imps, the devils, the demons all shall be going, No, 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 no! We start locking arms together, start crying out to God, start covering those that are lost, backslidden. This is going to be a work of God, not us. Verse 5, Ezekiel tells us, but the Lord says, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I'm telling you, church, what to do. You prophesy by faith. You cover as much as you can. You come together and you cry out to God. And I'm telling you what I'll do. <clears throat> this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. That's what God is saying to the church. You will come to life. You will wake up. You will start getting the dust off you and say, what on earth I've been doing? And this is what God tells us as we do this and as we struggle. And don't look for microwavable popcorn, 20 seconds, pop! No, we're in for a battle. It's taken almost 300 years for our nation to get in this shape. You're not going to microwave it in 20 seconds. So God tells us in Haggai 2.4, Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. And be strong, O ye people of the land, saith the Lord. And work, for I'm with you. And I will do my part if you do your part. So God is commanding us to pray and to be strong. And he will bring the church back to life. He'll do it. And it'll be brought back perfect. Like it should have been in the beginning. But that's not all. There's more. I do, I do, I believe the Lord is telling me this to tell you. So you understand how important you are. You're the last line of defense. This is it. We create this long arm hand to hand. And then they start running. Others leaving you. And shore it up. Come together. Keep it going. Amen. Here's the other part now. 1 Samuel 30 verse 1. And it came to pass. David and his men were out doing their thing. Working for the Lord. Warriors. And they were coming back after a long time out. And when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag had smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. Their homes, everything they worked for, their wives, their children, their people, their livestock, their herds, their fields, everything their city, whatever you want, burned with fire. The enemy got in and ruined it all. Like a many of our friends. Ruined it. Burned, smoke going up. All them looking at it. And had taken the women captives that were therein. Slew not any either great or small, but carried them all away 
and went on their way, kidnapped them all and took them, trying to suck them into all their filth. When it invaded, while the warriors of God were out working, they come back and they see this destruction. Now listen. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. There was no one there. Verse 4 said, David and the people that were there lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. What would the church do now in that situation? How many of our family members and friends have fallen away, bit on some lie, some flowery, sugar-coated lie? Some of them sought God with us right here. Some of them wept with us, worshipped and sang with us, and they still belong to us, taken away, snatched right under our noses. Now in captivity, maybe even believing the lies now. What did David do? Verse 8, listen, listen. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered, Pursue! Run! Go after them! I'll give you them all back! Run! That's what we need to do. Go after them in prayer, crying out to God, I know voices won't work. Pastor's voices, husband's voices, wife's voices, counseling voices, very seldom really ever works. Only God can change the heart. Only God can make the crooked straight. God's going to raise the dead again. Those that have left the faith are now dead in their hearts. You know who they are. Some of you sat right beside them. Whether it's in your family or your Christmas dinner or in this church. Dead in their hearts. Dead in their faith. An empty shell of what they were. You look at them dumbfounded and say, you don't even look the same. The Spirit of God has left you. They're going to find their way back. If you do what the church is called to do. They'll find their way back. The walking dead are going to come through the door again. They're going to be drawn by the Spirit of Almighty God through the power of your prayers. As you keep putting fire on the incense, they'll come back. They will because your God said, I'll do it. If you do your part, if you prophesy over the dead bones of the church and start waking, I will wake them up and then put fire in that incense and then go and run and you cry out and you stand before the plague between the living and the dead and you cover them. You take the shots. You make the sacrifice. God said, I'll bring them back. Someone will just show up. I, I'm telling you, every Wednesday, I keep my eyes on the door waiting to see who is this time. Who's coming? I don't care if they walk in and say, I don't even know why I'm here. I'll say, well, we do. We know why. Oh, yes. The walking dead are going to come through that door drawn by the power of prayer. They are. It's already starting to happen. I bumped into somebody at a store and just had no idea who they were. And said, aren't you Pastor Joe? And I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. Who are you? And told me the name and all that kind of stuff. And didn't really know the person. Find out two days later, 
that those who are starting to come on Wednesday have been crying out to that person by name to God. And I accidentally bump into them in the store buying chicken. And I said, you know, we got this prayer thing going on on Wednesday. If you're in a good church, great, great, stay there. But we got this prayer thing. If you can just drag yourself in there, see what God will do. I'm thinking, whoa, that was cool. I didn't set that up. Those that were crying out, seeking to God, bringing the name before Almighty God, they set it up. With the power of the Spirit of God. Been in that store a ton. Never saw that person ever. But yeah, I've been working here five, six years. You're just going to show up and walk into our prayer meeting. Only the prayer meeting is going to save America. It's going to save our country. When it's time to vote, I'll vote again, just like I always do. But it's only the prayer meeting. It's only the people of God who know the purpose and understand the urgency of the hour and their calling. Joel 3.9 says this, Proclaim this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. I was telling my wife, we have so many mighty men in this church. God needs to wake them up. The spirit of slumber is keeping us from the purpose that you and I have. Wake them up, God. Our mighty warriors, our mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near and let them come up, Joel says. And they said, you take those plowshares and you beat them into swords. And you beat those pruning hooks into spears. And then let the weak say, and God, I'm strong. God says, wake them up, God. My words can't wake them up. A luncheon can't wake them up. A time of golfing together won't wake them up. Amen. It's only the Spirit of God. I'll blow that spirit of slumber and deception away, God. So they see their calling. Give them clear eyes, God. Anoint their eyes with eye salve so that they can see the urgency of the hour. Look at Joel 3.11 in the New Living. It says this, to you mighty men sitting out there today, and that means women, come quickly. All you nations everywhere, Gather together in the valley. And now, O oh Lord, call out your warriors. Call them out, Lord. Take that spirit of slumber off our teens and kids. God uses them as much as I, maybe even more. I'm calling on the Lord's warriors this morning to wake up. To see your purpose, how important you are, how vital you are to the kingdom. You're the last line. This morning at our altar call, are you going to come and get your sword and your shield? Your place is between the dead and the living. Listen, number 1648 says this. Listen, listen, listen. And the plague stopped because you did what you're supposed to do. You can stop the plague of death in your neighbor's life without them ever even knowing you. Or the kids walking down. Or the players you play with in your high school. You can stop death. You can. If you see your purpose, the plague stopped where Aaron prayed as he ran. Intercessors do the same thing today. We stand between the dead and the living, beseeching God's mercy, pres preserving and promoting life through prayer. 
Oh, God. Oh, God, don't let that person do anything stupid, God. Bring them back. They don't know what they're doing. Maybe you think they should, but they don't. They've been deceived. And Isaiah 59, 16 tells us, And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessors. Even God himself shocked that there's none. Don't let that be said about us. That word wondered means stunned and appalled. God was stunned. Don't you understand? God sees them dying left and right. Another one. Another one. Another one. Maybe they were called to be under your care. And they're dropping dead. Because the enemy's tricked you. And you don't think your words have anything. Your life means much. You don't know the word that good. I don't see any of those in here. God just says, you prophesy, you speak. And I'll stir the dust and start to bring the church back to life. And then as you come back to life, you get the fire and incense, you put that on, and I'll start bringing the dead back to the church. That's what God is saying. They're all around us. So don't let this be said about our generation. No intercessors. Don't let this be said about new hope. Please. The nation is heading right towards that iceberg. Right towards it. And we're just like those arrogant people on the Titanic. God himself couldn't sink this ship. Nothing can happen to America. We're America. There's nothing left except you and I. That's it. Where's my... This is what's at the altar today. This is it. This is what you get today. In the Spirit, by faith, you get your sword and you get your shield. And you understand you're calling in God. I'm sure you'll be in better shape than me to do this. But listen, it's all seriousness. This is what's, this is what's left for our nation. You and I. Not a politician. Please. Please. We know that's so corrupt, so lost. It's us. It's you and I. What are you going to do? God's calling out my mighty warriors. And God is saying, come get yours. I have appointed you for such a time as this. My band, come back up, please. Please listen, don't lose focus. There comes a very important scripture. You've heard it so much that probably has lost its importance. If my people, that's us, that's you. If my people, which are called by my name, that you will humble yourself this morning. Humble yourself. Pray, seek my face, turn from your wicked way. I will hear from heaven, I will forgive, and I will heal your land. God is saying, come get yours. Let's stand. Listen, I still have a little more for you. After that scripture I just read to you, this scripture follows it. A lot of times we don't pay attention to this one. It says, now my eyes shall be open. God says, now my eyes shall be open and my ears attended to the prayer that is made in this place. This place. You and I. God says, now I'll pay attention. Now that you have your sword and your shield, I'll listen. You're doing your part. 
God promises to pay attention to them back in this day and age as they offered up prayer in Solomon's temple. How much more confident can we be when we pray in the name of Jesus? Bring this person back, God. Bring them back to their senses, Lord. I cover them, Lord. The enemy can't do a thing to them. As you continue to pray and trust God by faith, you quench every fiery dart that's coming in their lives. We're at the very border, the very edge of becoming a godless nation. And only you and I are left. I know that our nation has gotten into many wars that seem fruitless and silly. And what are we even here for? This is not one of them. Joel 3.11 says, come quickly. Lord, please call out your warriors. Call them out, God. Wake up the mighty men, Lord. When we sing, those of you being stirred and feel like hearty amen, you come to this altar and you get your shield and your sword by faith from God. Now listen, as you beat that plowshare, Listen to this verse. My last verse. Isaiah 26, 19 says this, but your dead will live. Your dead marriage will live. Your dead relationships will live. Your dead church will come alive. Your dead father, your dead son, your dead daughter, they'll live. Listen, but your dead will live. Lord, their bodies will rise. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout. They'll live if you do your part. If you take the shield and the sword and you stand in the gap. When they don't even know you're standing there, so what? That's our calling. That's our mission. One, the church come alive. Lord, wake up the church. That's you. That's me. Two, God, bring back the dead. Bring them back, Lord. Those that we have given up on. Those that we haven't seen for years. Those that I have texted, talked, called, visited. Doesn't move them. Lord, bring them back. Our altars are open. Dedicate your lives. In the name of Jesus, Dedicate those children again. There is power your purpose again. In the name You're beat up. Jesus, tell God, give you a brand new heart. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Every chain off our mighty warriors. There is power in the name of Jesus. Rededicate your life. Lord, I don't know what I've been doing. Move that spirit of slumber from our people. There is power in the Show them their purpose. Scream it in their break ears, Lord. Cry. Give them their swords, give them their shields, Lord. There's an army rising up. 
Tell that
You've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Sing it again. Come on, my soul. Come on, my soul. Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Brian Hayes up here. You still here somewhere, Brian? I want you to come against the enemies trying to destroy marriages in this church. Come against that liar, that filthy, lying scum. Agree with Brian as he goes before the Lord against marriages. Ask God to bless, multiply, sweet, and powerful. Hallelujah. Father, first I have to start off, Lord God. I can't even come to you, Lord God, without first confessing and repenting, Lord. Father God, I repent, Lord God, for my, my prayerlessness, Lord God. I confess, Lord God, in front of all these people, Lord God, that I don't pray like I'm supposed to, that I don't pray with the consistency, that I don't pray with the urgency, that I know that you've called us to pray for, Lord God. And God, I'm asking, Father God, that you would forgive us, Lord God, that you would forgive us for our complacency, Lord God, that you would forgive us for our laziness, Lord. God, the battle rages on, and we sit still in the foxholes and refuse to come out. Father, I'm asking God, put it in us, Lord God, beyond fear, Lord God, beyond consequence, Lord God, that the battle is too important to not fight, Lord. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would come, Lord, in this church, in this body, Lord God. You've called us to pray. You've always called us to pray, Lord God. This church is supposed to be those who stand in the gap. We're supposed to be standing between the living and the dead, Lord God. And there are too many dead. Lord God, there are too many still dying. God, put it in us, Lord God. Put it in us to take up the shield, to take up the sword, to march out on battle, Lord God, and to not look back, Lord God, to trust in Jesus, Lord God, to trust in you no matter what, Lord God. Father, I do pray, Lord God, for every marriage in this building, Lord God. I pray even for my marriage, Lord God. I thank you for a great wife, Lord God. But Father God, without the anointing, without the Spirit of God, without the quickening of the Holy Ghost, Lord God, it's all doomed to failure, Lord God. Father, we're asking God that you put a hedge of protection, Lord God, around every marriage, Lord God, around everyone that's considering marriage, Lord God. Put that fire within them, Lord God, a fire for you and a fire for their spouse, Lord God, that there would be love, Lord God, like you have loved us, Lord God, that there would be, Lord God, that fire, Lord God, that would walk through anything, Lord God, that any trouble that comes our way, that anything, Lord God, that tries to hinder, Lord God, we quickly take it to the cross, and we ask God that you forgive us, Lord God, and we ask, Father God, that you heal, Lord God, and we ask God that you put back together, Lord God, the things that are dying, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we're asking God for this congregation, Lord God, this congregation of soldiers, this congregation, Lord God, of husbands and wives, this congregation, Lord God, that goes out, Lord God, and they talk to the lost, and they work with the lost, and they live with the lost, Lord God. Give us, Lord God, the ability, the courage, the strength, Lord God, to take it up, Lord God. 
to take your name for the glory of Jesus. That we would take your name into the streets, into the families, Lord God. Because, Lord God, you are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. No matter what, Lord God, you are worthy, Lord God. Father, we're asking in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would rise up. That you would rescue, Lord God. That you would rescue those even in here, Lord God, that are 